I actually think that this is why social media is out because it's, it's a hyper focused on the psyche and the consciousness and that is a limited part of ourselves. We need to have national sovereignty ceded to some kind of global entity in some way, shape, or form so that we can begin to genuinely tackle and solve the problems that are in front of us because we are doing it in an antiquated way right now. And as we can see, it is not working. Are we moral or amoral? Uh, neither. Huge philosophical question, John. What up, world? America. <laughs> Welcome to the AmeriPodcast, episode 117. Today is Saturday, July 11th, 2020. Hope you're all feeling fine. Everyone's doing all right after this crazy 4th of July week. What up, fellas? We got the uh, original crew in the house Ayo. today. How's everyone doing? Chuh. Oh, you know, Chuh. hanging in there. My new dog got me up at 5 a.m., which is apparently his time to wake up and is apparently my new time to wake up. <laughs> so <laughs> I am adjusting to that. Rise and shine Anderson over there in Denver, Colorado. Oh, yeah. No, I'm up with the sun now. Ike is like, let's go. It's hilarious. He Apparently, he needs to, like, run in order to poop, I'm finding. So he, same, I same need to, days. like, go throw the stick for him a little bit. And then I remember poop. those days. Yeah, no. It's, it's a whole thing that I'm finding that we have to do. So, yeah, I'm good. I just drink Happy Saturday, now. gentlemen. But, yeah. Happy yeah. Saturday, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mr. Kelly, also in uh, Denver. How are you? Good. Good. Hanging out. Enjoying and, the quarantine life. And Mr. Grill out in the Bay Area, growing fine veggies for everybody in the land. That's right. That's right. Yep. Started the, the farm stand. I'll do a little plug here because I think by the time this comes out, I will have some content on it. Follow at the little at the little free farm stand. All run together on Instagram if you would like to mm-hmm. see what we're up to. Can, can we get that one more time and a little slower? At the little free farm stand. All run together. Hell yeah. Uh, listeners, you will not regret recording that because it is the most adorable little thing on the planet. So you should definitely follow that on all your platforms. Disrupting <laughs> industrial food production with cute farm stands one at a time. That's what we're doing. And one tomato at a time. <laughs> Bringing cute little rays of sunshine in our dark apocalyptic times. So, um, speaking of apocalyptic times, uh, we're going to try... Before we go, John, John, do you have a uh, stat for us? No, I don't. I don't. It's just terrible right now. Two weeks in a row. I know. Well, I'm... I'm, Now the bit has been broken, and I'm kind of like, oh, you know what? Actually, I have a new bit. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, I have a new bit. It's 114 days till the election, folks. 114 days until the election. Make sure you're registered to vote. Make sure you're talking to your friends about registering to vote. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you are prepared. If you have any money, please start donating it. Democracy is literally on the ballot this November, and we need Trump to lose big, and we need all these enabling fucks also to lose big. So let's fucking go. 114 days to the election. Kelly, thank you for reminding me. 
Also, if Here you live in a state that does not automatically register you to vote, uh, to do mail-in ballots, you should probably register for a mail-in ballot. Because... Make sure, yes, because it's going right. to be a process. You're, you might, depending on what state you live in, you might need to get an absentee ballot. Make sure that uh, you're doing that well ahead of time. Also, totally cool to call your secretary of state in whatever state you live in and ask them what they are doing to protect your right to vote and how you can get a mail-in ballot. 100% legitimate to do that. That is well within your right as a citizen, and you should yes. be doing it. Please, 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 please. Don't Do not allow the right-wing propaganda saying that mail-in ballots are full of voter fraud, and so we should block them off of the face of democracy as a legitimate thing. Do not believe that. That's Vote from nope. home. Stay safe. Yes, that is <laughs> all that is yeah. factually, factually incorrect. Uh, literally, factually sure incorrect. Is. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and there's even some folks on the left uh, and, and never Trumpers who are like, this is going to depress the Republican vote. So good, go for it. Honestly, no, it's not good. Everybody should vote in this country. And so if you are a Republican, get a mail in ballot. If you're a Democrat, get a mail in ballot. If you're right. a communist, get a mail in ballot. If you're a Nazi, go to hell. But everybody else, <laughs> but everybody else, get a mail-in ballot. Yeah, the the arguments against mail-in ballots totally just astonish. They're astonishing. They're like, not arguments. Voter it's fraud. Propaganda. It is propaganda, and 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 that that the whole point of like, oh, it's the Republican Party trying to suppress the vote, and then using using this the art the exact thing that they're doing to you. They're saying that you're doing that to them. And it's just complete hypocrisy once you start looking up the data. It's weird, twisted logic. Yeah, that's no, for sure. it, it, there's yeah. there's a whole lot going on with, let's say, the Trump party that is just projection. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely. Glue. I am rubber, you are glue. I've exactly. noticed a lot of that projection from, from the GOP over the last it's a lot of decade or so. But from there, uh, we are going to try and recap everything that's happened in the last couple weeks well, it's well. terrible, terrible. <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> next we're gonna recap everything coming down in the future in the next two weeks <laughs> also terrible until january 2021 <laughs> we hope we hope we hope fingers crossed right. you know well at least at least steps in the right direction let's not fall into the hole that just because trump's not in office yes anymore, if if we vote him out that everything's going to be hockey dory all of a sudden and maybe this uh, still is a little early but done. maybe leads into what we we're going to discuss today which is um like you said kelly it's i think this is going to be at least a decade-long project the um the uh, contagion that has been introduced into our body politic is not going to go away with Trump. It is actually, frankly, something that has been with us since the beginning, and it rears its ugly head every once in a while. And well, I guess I should say every generation or so. And this is a particularly bad form. And we're going to be dealing with this project for a very, very long time. So maybe it's a good thing if we take a step back and have a larger conversation about it. Yeah. Look at you. The, the Pandora's box of politics. The Pandora's box of <laughs> politics. I mean, yeah, because so many things have had, like, let's just take a step back just for a minute, but let's, like, there's so many things that are going on that we have not had a chance to even talk about on here. I mean, uh, where do we begin? I mean, well, it's just like, where's Biden? Um, and who's his VP going to be? And there's It's going to be Tammy Duckworth. It's going to be Tammy Duckworth. It's going to be Tammy Duckworth. Oh, really? Duckworth. Is that your call? I, I think it's going to, it was Stacey Abrams up until this most recent fight. Uh, and Tammy Duckworth is just 
out there like full guns ablazing to use a term uh and i think she seems like she's a really good um person to to go against the trump whatever his vp is gonna be which might not be pence might not be Pence, yeah. I think I think Duckworth is solid. Um, I'd still love to see Stacey Abrams. Fuck Actually, yeah. I listened to a new uh, interview uh, with her this last week on uh, WTF, Mark Maron's podcast. Mm. It was amazing. Oh, if, I if, bet if, that's really good. If, if people haven't listened to that, listeners, go out. If, even if you don't listen to Mark Maron often, go and listen to that one. He recorded it maybe three, four weeks ago, but it's it's really, really good. With Stacey? Um, I had no idea. She wrote, like, she's written, like, uh, novellas. Like murder mystery romance novellas, oh, and she really? she was published in high school in like a space journalism what like space journal like yeah crazy go listen to it it's really she's cool. so cool. rad that is rad I like that. so it's like there's that um, oh there's the whole thing about um, how the Russian uh, Russia put bounty on the heads of U.S. soldiers. Hey, guess what? Trump cares more about Confederate statues than he does current living American heroes. It is. And this is – and he's apparently – well, I mean it's not anymore. Like we have well, well put this fiction to bed, but ostensibly he was the party of veterans and the military, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And it's what he ran on. It was a central pillar of what he ran on. It's, but like, I guess, are we surprised? Um, My favorite argument, but like, he attached, uh, he attacked Gold Star families, you know, at the convention. Like, so messed up. Yeah. Yeah. So why are we, we shouldn't be surprised by this, but we should be shocked. It is, it is, it is, we do not, I mean, we live in a a world of fucking hyperbole, um, but, it is i do not have the language to describe what it is like for me that the american president is taking the word of a russian president over protecting his own troops who are under attack by the russians mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's it's inconceivable it's inconceivable um, there's i think there's one word for it and it's traitor yeah yeah, yeah. No, that is sure. the definition of fucking traitor yeah, and, yeah. and like also by the way when he said oh russia if you're listening get that three thirty three thousand emails or whatever and they did that mm. day and by the way that was traitorous as well this has been a pattern of behavior for at least four years so this is the fight yeah. we are in as a country and trump's right. trump's right. only defense on this whole thing is that it's it's fake news which is again astonishing you know, it's yeah, fake news. Yeah. It's fake news. Be, Dude, his own security yeah. advisor gave him response options. Yeah. And, yeah. and is saying that's still this, fake news. Still yeah. fake news. And, and, but, you know, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the man who just basically ousted a military general from his job through bullying uh, Alexander Vindman? Are you going to believe Trump? the guy who's going around bullying military generals, national security advisors out of their jobs. Are you going to believe these whistleblowers who are dropping like flies, really resigning from their positions, people who have been in their positions for 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. The, the, the Venman situation, uh, for those who don't know, he testified in the impeachment trial. He was up for promotion and did not get it. Uh, the defense department was instructed to look for, dirt on him uh so that they uh could not 
have a they would have a reason not to promote him. They could not find it, uh, but he was so bullied that he retired instead of serving his country. And it is just an absolute fucking travesty that that happened. And that is something that a lot of people, including myself, are never going to forget. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you shouldn't. And you should never forgive a sitting president for it. No. It's... And you look at it. And, and you're right, John. It's, it's years and years worth of potentially traitorous, but also corrupt uh, leadership from the top of the Trump campaign from himself. I mean, it, it harkens all the way back to the potential connections with Russia to get him elected in the first place, right? And what ended up happening with the Mueller report and the kick aside of that. And hey, look what just happened two days ago, right? Stone gets completely, gets his entire sentence yeah. communicated yeah. by Trump. Yeah. Gets his entire prison sentence, which is insane when you yeah. look at <laughs> what just happened with him allowing Stone to not go to prison. Yep. Um, it's it's worse, worse than Nixon. That is worse than Nixon, the brazen disregard of law in this country to just go, ah, well, I, I know that he did lie. We know that he lied, but it was a fake investigation to begin with, and there's nothing there to look at. So yeah. he's my buddy. I'm going to communicate his sentence. One of the things that Nixon was damned for was that he um, extra legally bombed Cambodia to prevent uh the ho chi minh trail from resupplying the Viet Cong. so yep. what he was doing was he was violating international law to protect soldiers american soldiers and american interests trump did the opposite of that he betrayed our soldiers so when we talk about worse than nixon way fucking worse than nixon way worse. right way yeah. way right. worse um, yep. than nixon yeah yep. like let's just worse pile on how much worse he is than nixon I'm going to keep it rolling here because guess how much other shit. Um, <laughs> China, uh, China like took over Hong Kong. That happened. Oh yeah, China took democracy. Over yeah, because no democracy there. Um, and uh, the Human Rights Council um, voted in support of that takeover led by Cuba, which is like Cuba. I know you have, you just have no power and you whatever. It's like totalitarian regimes like each other. Um, and then. <laughs> Um, although there are some good things about Cuba, but that is like a completely that like nothing. Yeah, everything we don't, is complex. We don't, we don't, we don't need it. We, we don't, don't have, to, we don't have that. Um, we don't need to litigate and that. And then, and then of course, podcast. you know, if, if, if you have not been following the U S removed itself from the Trump removed the United States from the, the human rights council because they were like, this is a sham. You're like, well, you know, then, then they use this as an example. You're like, see what a sham this is? Because they even think that that's cool. I'm like, but if you're not in there, then you can't have a voice to say it's the, Anyways, that's just wild. Then we 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 also formally withdrew from the WHO in the middle of a global pandemic. Oh yeah, that happened. Yep, yep. that was fun. that happened this week. Yep, could cut all funding, mainly because it's a way to stroke Trump's ego that it wasn't his fault that the pandemic's happening. The whole idea is that the WHO misled people because of Chinese information. But I would like to go back for just one second to talk about the Human Rights Council. Um, because this is a pattern, um, not just withdrawing for it, but also letting um, potential war criminals within our own system off the hook. Yes. Um, as a way to say that, hey, it, it's it's masked in kind of a rally around the flag ideal where we protect our troops no matter what. They're never wrong on the battlefield. And I fundamentally disagree with that stance. We have to hold ourselves and our uh men and women in the armed forces to a higher standard than we would 
say, the Taliban in Afghanistan, we should hold ourselves to higher well, account. And Trump doesn't care about that. And he a lot just, of our military leaders will say the same thing, because exactly. if we don't, yeah. we open our own troops up to those types of things. That's why a ton of military leaders are against torture, because if you start torturing people, our troops are going to get tortured. And so it a little counterintuitively makes Americans more safe when we follow the rules of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, gonna keep rolling. The whole reason that those systems were set up after World War II. Yes, right. the entire reason they yeah. were set up. Yeah, and um, there was a whole bunch of Supreme Court things that came down. Actually, some of them. Um, this court is surprising me. There are certain things where I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is working exactly. Turns how out the conservatives. The yeah. yeah, turns out the law has <laughs> things to say about this. Well, and it's it's a little unclear. So, like. I guess, at least with the Trump finance cases, it is a little unclear about winners and losers here um, because it seems as though Trump may have been – due to these rulings, we will not see the tax returns prior to the election. Uh, there's some yeah, disagreement likely, about yeah. that. However, it seems more than likely. So there's some argument about, oh, well, maybe this was actually a win. And so um, – but at least – in principle, the president is not above the law, although in practice, it's still a little unclear and we have to win the 2020 election. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. But that case is interesting. I mean, I, I agree. I kind of actually uh, agree with the court in a way for the, the tax return thing. They, they pushed it back down and said he can absolutely not stand beside it. And, and in, in the case of New York, the third party, his his tax lawyers have to give over the stuff to the district attorney yep. in the state of New York. That has to happen, which that is a huge win. Yeah. Because that was something he's been trying to block for years. When it comes to the secondary aspect of it, which is the legality of the subpoenas that the Democrats wrote in the House, that's a little more iffy thing. And I, I mean, I looked through a lot of that and I kind of agree that part of what they did was a little bit rushed in terms of asking for certain documents right right, certain documentation i think part of that is because of the obstruction that the trump administration was already doing during the entire process while they were asking for certain documents during the investigation into his impeachment right but um they probably could have done a little more work to uh dot their i's and cross their t's sure the one thing i'm worried about with the da is that that da is uh a man by the name of cy vance and cy vance has an interesting history of letting jared and ivanka off the hook and so it is interesting whether or not we will need to keep a, a a very close eye to see how quickly he moves however um uh I forget the guy's name, um, but he's a legal analyst on MSNBC and the Twitter.com. And he was saying that uh, Cy Vance... <laughs> the Twitter. He's on the Twitters. <laughs> the Twitter. uh, he was saying that Cy Vance and the grand jury could actually indict the president prior to the election. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I don't know about the legality of that. Uh, so, well, I think it's it's legal. It just is whether he will choose to do it or not. Um, so, yeah. and, and how quickly he will do it. So, you know, here we go. Um, what's, I think it is, yeah. it is totally unclear about, uh, what's going to happen. And ultimately we have to win the election. Yeah. yeah. There was also the win for LGBTQ rights, right? Wasn't it that they, yes. it's protected under title nine, right? Yeah, yeah. They, yep. they, uh, ruled that the term sex was, uh, included with sexual orientation. 
Basically. Yeah, yeah, which is a good one. And, and hey, Denver boy Gorsuch actually yeah. agreed with that one, yeah, which was very surprising. Yep, I did not think he would come uh, out. On that side. The Oklahoma uh, ruling was super interesting, and and Neil yeah. Gorsuch, who uh, I was listening to somebody talk about, uh, it's interesting to track the geographic differences in uh justices and how they rule and gorsuch might have been more favorable because he is from the west hmm. um and so yeah, we we ruled that uh basically half of oklahoma is sovereign territory of uh uh i forget which tribe um but well, there's mul- there's multiple okay I that's think. why i forget <laughs> yeah. which tribe it is yeah and um, then well, would, on that on that theme oh, well, i would recommend yeah i would recommend um crooked media has a great podcast called uh this land i believe it's called um that uh goes through the whole story um and it came out last year because i believe that they were supposed to rule on it last year um but it, it gives you a detailed uh history of everything and explains it a lot it's i'd really recommend it it's good stuff and, yes. and also, also before you go on, the the other one in the Supreme Court that was uh, a win as well is the challenge against Roe v. Wade, the abortion case yeah. that came out of Louisiana, um, where they ruled that uh, no, you're not allowed to force um, doctors to stop performing abortions if they don't have um, connections with hospitals. Oh, to, right. Um, admit women. Yeah. Um, it was. It was uh, the right used it as a hey, this is a safety precaution. Because if, if something goes wrong, they have to be able to admit them to a hospital, right? And they were like, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not kind of the way it works. Plus, there's very few doctors that have that type of power yeah. to a hospital. And so it effectively takes like 97% of like the population of doctors that could perform it out of the pool of ability just mm. because they don't have a sheet of paper from a hospital. It's right. basically an end around to ban abortion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, keep your, keep your, keep your heads your on heads for that on one. Cause that's the first of many, many, many abortion cases that are going to happen over the next few years. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, these Supreme court case decisions um, have been very promising after seeing like Gorsuch and Kavanaugh being nominated and then get the seat. We were very concerned that, they might tilt the balance, um, but I would say that I feel satisfied with the answers and their written responses, I guess, in some of these cases. It'll be interesting to They've see. They've been playing a lot on precedent. They've been playing playing a lot on precedent. If the law is written this way, yeah. you know, whether or not people intended it to be this way, that's what it is now. Yeah. You know, that's at least that was the LGBT ruling, which was pretty legitimate, I thought, mm-hmm. um, in terms of it, you know. Just because you write a law 35 years ago and you interpret it differently nowadays, you know, right. it actually stays true to kind of that purest reading of what law. Sure, constitutional law. Really interesting. Yeah, and, and Gorsuch um, is a textualist, so he's just right. trying to figure out, like, what it says, basically. Yeah, right. Um, what it says, and that's what it says. But you can also kind of tip your hat to Roberts. I think yep. he really yes. cares right now about the meaning of his court, the yes. meaning of his tenure, and he care and he understands the history of the court and yep. where his place is. And so... You know, he's been he's been playing moderate, I would say, because one, he understands the necessity of having to the way yep. that the court is. But two, he also understands that he doesn't want to be seen in history as the guy who leads the court to like a full right wing authoritarian type court. <laughs> I, nobody's rights are protected. I <laughs> have a, a decent amount of respect for Roberts and the way that he has protected the um, legitimacy of the court. Yeah. I think yeah, I in in kind of interesting ways. Thank um, God. And, yeah, right. <laughs> um, and you can go back to John Marshall uh, to this tradition. Uh, he, in ways, is playing a, um, a a 
political role, let's say, in a very broad sense, in that he, uh, which is which is ironic because he's playing that role to protect the 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 court from politics, but he understands the political. It seems the political context in which he's making decisions, and he is nudging the court in ways that allow the court to maintain legitimacy while not um, deciding things for the country, which yeah, I think I, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And and as the chief justice, I mean, your job is kind of to be the bellwether mm-hmm. between the other eight justices. That's really, that's your job on the court yep. is to be the head and to be the bellwether. And so, you know, I, I, I do agree, John. I, I think he's doing a pretty decent job. I don't he's always, not great on everything. Yeah, I, don't agree I was going to say, I don't uh, always agree you know, with, but. especially like the politics of it, but especially when we're talking about the court, it is important to distinguish between politics and law. And I really respect his, what seems to be a deference to a larger understanding of the law and the moment. Um, while also being able to kind of understand the political context. So I, I, uh, I appreciate John Roberts. Maybe that is the good <laughs> word right, to use. Go. I, I, I kind of disagree with him, but I appreciate him yeah. and I appreciate the, the role that he's played in American politics over the last little while, even though sometimes he's pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. There, there was, you know, also the, there was a, which is an appellate court out or I don't remember that, but, um, that, uh, the, the Dakota access pipeline, was oh, ordered, yeah. they are to drain yep. it, drain yeah, it, remove shit. it, right? Remove it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a huge yep. win. Um, yeah. huge. Win. I mean, yeah. how many leaks have we had along that pipeline since it was established? Yeah. Yeah. And also for, for indigenous rights, right. And then also, um, you know, around the country, there's a lot of success happening in defunding and uh, police departments and reallocating those resources. But there's also a lot of, you know, work that needs to be done in that space. You know, Breonna Taylor's um, killers are, have not been arrested, right? Which is wild. Correct. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, that is wild. I agree. Yeah. So, um, you know, all of these things, I'm sure there are more. I'm sure there are many more that we didn't mention. Attorney Barr. Do you, you guys going you guys on his rampage? Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, or also there's a pandemic. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention Kelly. that's still happening, and it's getting. <laughs> what were worse. you gonna say, Kelly? Oh, I was I was gonna say the the newest one that I heard about the the funding just happened here in the state of Colorado. Um, I think it was uh, Glendale, the city of Glendale, which is just south of downtown Denver. They just passed a uh, citywide ordinance. A hundred percent of the city council voted that they will never hold their uh, officers accountable. Uh, to civil court cases if they're in the wrong they'll just always assume (laughs) that the cops are correct did you guys see this one no it's like a slap it's a huge slap in the face to the black lives matter movement it's the exact opposite of what a lot of people are going for it's saying that we will we will not we will not hold them accountable and it's really interesting because they're kind of their reasoning behind it is that hey you know cops do a good job and you know, they can still be punished just like any other civil servant can. We're just going to not assume that they're guilty to start with. That's kind of like the basis of it, which is not really what the legislation says. What the legislation says is that they'll be immune to being sued well, by people that's, that's <laughs> that are that's outside. Wild. You mean they're also, preaching one thing and then the legislation says something else? Wow, of course. Well, and then <laughs> also happening in Aurora in Colorado is the Elijah, you know, the, the, the McCain. Elijah McClain, yeah, McCain, last year, black man killed by police um, or died in police custody due to injuries sustained, I believe, from their impact. And then, and then on the other hand, weighing that with the shooter, the Aurora uh, um, 
uh, movie, movie shooter, theater movie theater yeah. shooter who they apprehend white guy who they apprehended unharmed yeah right. the, yeah the the elijah mcclain is really really horrible yes that's, that's, it's really terrible walking home a peaceful soul vegetarian never hurt anyone and the reason that he died is because they gave him too many sedatives yeah. because they thought he was resisting arrest. Yeah. yeah. And the, shut down his internal organs. His, his last words, I would recommend everybody go and read it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's haunting. Uh, yeah. Haunting is a great word for it. It really is. It's, it's, it's haunting. It is. Well, given all of these things in the world. <laughs> I had a thought that I wanted to Wow, bring. I'm tired. Are we, are we, we haven't even, that was the intro. That was Let's supposed to be the this. intro, everybody, and then we're 25 <laughs> minutes or whatever we are into this. Um, Today is Saturday. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, let's just close there. No, uh, part two. Um, Follow us on Facebook. Well, you know, I, I think that like we're at this time of great upheaval, right? There's so much happening. Things that are like big wins and also things that feel like setbacks and, and, and scary things. Like I'm, I am scared for the election. Like I, I do think that there's like the possibility that no, like if this voter, for example, if this mail in voter stuff continues, I think that like people aren't going to accept whoever wins the election on both sides. I could see it going both ways. I could see folks on the left, not accepting Trump winning reelection. Although I think he could totally legitimately ruin reelection. And then I see people on the right being not accepting if Biden wins. So, or, or Kanye, we don't even, we don't know. So, hmm? I didn't even mention that Kanye's running for president. Sort of, stop maybe. it! Stop it! Do yeah, not so. do not give that oxygen. <laughs> all right, we'll come back to that if we win, and you all have to call me the leader of the. Anyways, <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I feel that one thing that I've been noticing a lot, and I think especially with people who are like resisting or pushing away or just being like, no, what change is like a lack of curiosity and or imagination, and I just wanted to bring here the opportunity to us to uh, just have the reflection on like, what are, what are some like imaginations or just things we like that you've thought of that are like perhaps very radical or very unexplored um, that kind of think outside of the box? Because what I'm sort of to come to is just is that, you know, we, you know, democracy is awesome. Um, we've never seen it in its fully realized form. Right. Um, <laughs> other things, other ideas that are like Marx, Marxist ideas or socialist ideas are also seem awesome. We've also never seen those things in their actual uh, intentional manifest form. So you're getting so, dangerously close to mine. Uh-oh, Stop it. <laughs> so, so my, my curiosity that I'm bringing is like, right. Like I just want to open up some space here, like for us to bring and imagine like what what ways are we going to have to, like to solve the problems and the things that are happening in this world? If to me it feels like we need a, some radical new approaches to different things that are going to completely shatter our worldview in order to move to what appears to be the next le- like right. We can look at there's some there's some progress over human history, but there are also um, times where those things go in reversal. And if you look at larger scopes, um, it can look quite cyclic. That actually progress doesn't necessarily is not necessarily a, just a constant trend that you can totally go backwards. And I think that we've been in a place where progress has been happening for in this country and in certain parts of the world for a while. And now we're on one of those downward trajectories. And I'm like, if we're going to keep this going and not fall back into this cycle, we got to come up with some radical ideas. And um, there. 
So all right, all right, Mister Innovation, Radical Innovation, Kanye West. <laughs> just call, just call um, me Elon Musk. No, don't. Please don't call me. I disagree a little bit that in the course of human events we cycle. I think it's a little bit more of um, as an hour as sand falls into an hourglass, uh, it kind of builds on itself. Um, but in a circular way. So another way of saying that is I don't think we cycle. I think we rhyme. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's also a, uh, let's say, a third dimension of progress to that. And that, to me, is a scope of, like, the book Sapiens, basically, of, like, let's start from the beginning of of known history and go till today and and look at that um, uh, scale. And, And you do see... Uh, quote progress and quote unity. Um, now we, we I, I, I can hear Kelly already saying some climate stuff. Uh, so we'll get there. Um, which yeah, is I, won't, a, I won't jump yeah, in just yet. But that's a, a, a legitimate uh, a hole in all of the things I'm about to say. Um, but I think that you see through time a uh, increase in the magnitude of organization in humanity. So you go from a family to a tribe, to a clan, to a empire, to a nation, et cetera. Um, so someone's been playing Sib. Oh fuck. Yeah, boy. (laughs) So I, I don't actually think what we need is radical, uh, when viewed through that lens, although people who look through a more narrow uh, lens of time will view it to be radical, but I think that we have to take the next step in our governing evolution, which is a global government. We have global problems, as we have seen over and over again, and this is where we can actually have some unity about the climate thing. If we're going to solve climate issues, it's a global problem. And so we need to tackle it in a global way, which means we need some form of global government that actually functions. And I'm not talking about the UN. We need something. The UN is the global government equivalent equivalent of the Articles of Confederation, and we need an actual constitution that actually allows us to govern ourselves as a global people. And so if we're going to solve a pandemic, if we're going to solve global climate crisis, if we're going to solve global terrorism, if we're going to solve uh, any other number of problems, we have found that these are global problems. And so I think that we need to have, we, we need to have national sovereignty ceded to some kind of global entity in some way, shape, or form so that we can begin to genuinely uh, tackle and solve the problems that are in front of us because we are doing it in an antiquated way right now. And as we can see, it is not working for a whole host of humans and the planet. So let's, okay, let's take that. Let's take that. Now, I would suggest that that would require um, t- so that we do not fall into a global authoritarian <laughs> regime that would require uh-huh. a much higher level of political participation on the part of mm, 90% of the world's population. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, especially if you, tend to agree with that. Yeah, if, if you look at like th- how the evolution of these things happen, it probably, I mean, basically you need roving bandits to become stationary bandits and a stationary bandit on a global scale is going to be real bad. 
uh, I'm my hope was that the United States military could offer a transition into that um, that would be uh, less terrible <laughs> than we're talking yeah, about. That's borderline authoritarian, uh, but we, <laughs> on a global scale. I'm well, I mean, so, and we've... Because, because I mean, what, what you're saying is that what you hope for is a peaceful transition from the U.S. being the most powerful player in the game mm-hmm. and using our force to forcibly push people into a global government and then no, everybody a, going, well, okay, now that we're here, we can uh, we can play nice with each other. I think... And everybody can decide on a global... I mean, you basically, so like the way that the United States became an is and, and, and stopped being an R, uh, and by that, I mean, became a singular object instead of a, a collective object, um, at least up until now, uh, was the civil war, right? The civil war, uh, created the power, uh, by which the federal government consolidated and consolidated the United States into a single entity. Um, and you see things like that throughout history. So that probably is how something like that would end up happening. However, my hope is that it is not how. So like, yeah. I'm not yeah. advocating for that, but it seems like right. that seems to no, be. I, I, I agree with you that I think that any type of um, meaningful global government is likely going to either get its start because of or will have to be built out of some type of violence um, yes. on a global scale. And it will probably be emergency events. Yep. And, I mean, we're, uh, to, to go back and touch on the environmental issues, I mean, we are 40, 50 years away from massive, massive population in, uh fluctuations in mm-hmm. certain countries people forcibly having to move because there's no more resources no more fresh water in certain areas we are talking about potentially having million billions of pounds of food not being able to be grown anymore in certain areas of the planet because of the shift in our <laughs> global climate yeah. and so that's the type of things that will force us into uh, that type of large-scale change. Government um, exists to allocate scarce resources, right? And as yeah. like we find that we exist on a planet that is a singular, quote, market, uh, we're going to need a singular entity to allocate those scarce resources, and hopefully in a, a fair, legitimate way. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, I mean, that's with the best intentions, that's what the UN was there to try to do, but it has no teeth to enforce anything. So exactly. So can just go, oh, we don't care. And the United States is the pretty much the number one non-compliant state in the world when it comes to most UN right. stuff. We yeah. stand there and go, oh, it's a really good idea that everybody governs the seas together and that everybody's allowed. Oh, and it's, it's bad that China kills so many, like, oh, Jap- Japan kills so many whales. But... We scoff at every environmental pact that we've ever come up with in the UN. So, you know, I want to go back to what John was saying also around, like, government's function to allocate resources. Like, this is where I think that we, like, the imagination comes in is, like, 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 radicals. Like, maybe we need to rethink, yeah, the form form of government. Like, I think it's very um, against my nature to think about the government not in some sense... um, being part of the discussion around like morality, right? But like maybe maybe government just needs to reallocate resources and those discussions around morality need to happen interpersonally more. 
And the reason I just say that is because like it's I'm noticing the division that is being driven more and more by those. And maybe there I mean, there are so many other factors involved with this. Right. In this. But but that that because people can't come come seem to come together on that. And it's so divisive at this point that it's like, well, one thing that people could at least share is like we do want roads. Right. I think. Right. And like. You know, well. there are certain things we want that, that are at least at least we could maybe agree on those things. I don't know. I don't have know. you have you ever been to Colorado? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> we believe in roads at once. No, we believe in a stupid way of voting for whether we should raise the money. Pay for, for our roads. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't need to get, we don't in need to get into Tabor again. Right uh, Tyler, yeah. a question for you. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I actually, I, I want to jump in and say, I think that's really interesting, Tyler, about this idea of, you know, morality that plays a part in our progress as a society and whether that's necessarily driven by individual action, government action, uh, cultural action. I think it's a combination of all of that. And that's where I get into kind of the, the larger question about what is progress in general. Um, because I think that we, we use the term and, and the left uses the term progress as something to like shoot for and aim for, right? That it's an inevitable march towards something. Gotcha. And what I see throughout history is like sparks of brilliance that have pushed us a thousand more points accepted. of light, maybe. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, like, you see it in like you see it in the Renaissance, you see it in the Enlightenment, you see it in the Progressive Movement in the early 20th century, right? And you see spark moments that push society as a whole towards a more, I would say, inclusive, just society, and then it crumbles away as people divide themselves further. And so I, it is kind of a wave, not necessarily a cycle in circles, but sure. it is kind of that wave of push towards a more equitable society. But we do have to step back and say, well, then what is progress and what's important to us? Is progress technological advancement to the point where everybody's taken care of, right? And it's kind of like a futuristic, communistic, Star Trek-type society. Space communism. Right? Space, Space communism, communism, right? Um, is, it a, is it a spiritual uh, awakening Right, that is what is truly important about what we're doing as a species. And that's truly progress. And maybe it doesn't really matter what our technological advancement is if we're able to talk to each other on computers, right, over thousands of miles in an instant or have all of human knowledge in our hands at any given time, right? Yeah. Maybe that's not what's important. What's important is our understanding of our individual relationships. So I don't know. I, I'm just I'm posing questions, but I think it's important to have that thought about what progress really means. Right. Right. And it, to me, it's more along the side of everybody's taken care of. So they're allowed to uh, explore what life is to them and what their surrounding is and have their experience on this planet as good as we can make it for each other. Because we're very close to being able to, like, really provide for people yeah. uh, completely across, across the board, lift poverty completely out of the equation, you know, redistribute, you know, wealth and resources to uh communities in need, but also countries in need around the planet and build a more just society across the board. But it's that's that's also getting into the area of, oh, now we need kind of an authoritarian government to force that upon people. We need, <laughs> Forcibly take we need the universal people. replicator is what we need because that eliminates yeah, scarce resources and then that eliminates the need for government and then we have space communism and everybody wins. Uh, but Question real quick though, we were talking about like let's find a space for us to have a 
conversation, a collective conversation about morality. Doesn't that already exist on social media? And doesn't that present us with a very significant problem, which is it seems as though the hardwire of the human brain cannot handle things like this. And therefore, we need government because humans are not angels. So let me say this, Joe. I might actually agree with you. Are we moral or amoral? Huge philosophical question. We just yeah. exist. We just exist. I would, and morality is Fair a construct. Um, but I would, I would suggest that maybe you are correct, John, that, that hardwiring the brain does not allow for that. But I would submit that yeah. perhaps the entire human being is possible to have that. I actually think that this is why social media is on because it's it's a hyper focused on on the psych on the psyche and the consciousness, and that is a limited part of ourselves. Um, and I think it's actually part of the problem that we believe that the brain is the thing that is most important about us. And I think it is actually a very limited consciousness, logic, and th- like logic and reason only exist, and, and dualistic thinking, which is what all thought is. Thought is all dualistic. Actually, it appears in the scope of the universe is a very sm- minute, small part of it. And when we get together in person, so this is why I personally I've pulled back from social media and I actually don't, I will never ever, even when I do argue with people, I will never ever argue with someone who I've never met in person because I've noticed there is, there's no, there's no connection there. But when you're in person, yeah. those conversations, and this is why in being in the streets is so important because you actually are getting it, like you are there with people. Like, you know, I like really, really don't like white supremacists. And sometimes I have violent thoughts that I'm very ashamed of to even say that I have those. But then when I'm actually in the streets against those very people, what do I actually do? I try to talk with them. I try to engage. I try to understand how they fucking think the things they think. Right. And so that's the sort of thing where I'm like, you know, is it really about technology? Is that really the thing? Is that the progress that we need? Right. It certainly can help in some ways, but also there are there are plenty of resources on this planet for all the humans who already exist if they were just allocated and redistributed in the correct ways. So then we can get into the imagination around maybe capitalism is not the best idea, <laughs> right? Maybe capitalism is no longer the best idea. Right, right. I mean, there are that's that's the thing. Things have their place. There's in serious time. evidence that we're living through late stage capitalism. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Currently. Everything and that it's it is a dying system. Exactly. Yes. And things change. Right. That is, seems to be change being the only constant that appears to exist. And then it's how do we participate in that change and ride the waves, right? The things that are happening instead of trying to like, I think we've spent a lot of time trying to make shit happen instead of being like, well, let's see what's actually happening and then what little tweaks can I do to help shepherd each and all of us, every single person do that are most meaningful to me, right? Instead of trying to be like, I need to get this thing. It's like, well, things are already happening. So maybe just like, you know, you put a dam over here. So the, you know, the water's flowing and then you're like, okay, you put a little thing here. It's kind of like sailing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the answer is that all of us, our listeners included, need to go out and get a cosmic surfboard. Get out there and start <laughs> riding some consciousness. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> That's where this podcast ends. Podcast I, over. I just, podcast I, over. <laughs> podcast over. I was going to throw some numbers out there, but that's fine. Boy, I did on Cosmic Surfboard. Yeah. We have to ride consciousness. No. John, take us out on Cosmic Surfboard. You know what You know what Cosmic... What, what speed, John, does Cosmic Surfboard go at? I don't know. John, there's only one answer to this. How do you not know? Kelly knows. Godspeed, everyone. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you should just quit, John. You should retire right now. Podcast over. <laughs> I know, and then I like crashed my forehead into the rim and then (laughs) destroyed the glass. That was good. Thank you for saving me, Kelly.